Hello and welcome to another episode. I have with me today Sarah Boland. She's the founder and CEO of Life Labs and I'm kind of fangirling over here because I am <laughs> obsessed with stop motion and I love the Life Labs app. So I'll just have her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her background. Sure. So yeah. Hi everyone. Thanks for having me, Sandra. Uh, my name is Sarah. I'm the founder and CEO of Life Labs. It's a stop motion video app in case you haven't heard of it. And yeah, basically I am just a creative junkie who has no tech experience, who had an idea and basically just overcame a million different obstacles to figure out how to build an app and get a team together and to launch it. But um, in terms of background, so I went to film school way back in the day after high school dabbled in the film industry for a bit and quickly discovered that when you're working on large productions, you're, you don't actually get to be super creative because there's so many different positions. And, you know, I always go back to the example of like, you're, you're going to have to guard a pylon for a long time before you can even think about touching a camera on those large blockbuster sets. <laughs> and for me, that wasn't, wasn't the path that I did wanted to go down. I like being super creative and hands-on and executing on ideas. So I got a job in the marketing department of an online e-commerce store here in Vancouver. I'm based in Canada, Vancouver, BC. And I would literally take pictures of all the new classes that came in <laughs> for the product photos for the website. It was really boring, but that position, basically I evolved it. I'm always super driven and looking for like my next move. And I basically evolved the position into a video role, which is pretty sweet. So you're probably wondering, what do you do with video and eyewear? <laughs> <laughs> we did everything. I got to go to New York Fashion Week. I got to go to Africa. We would give out glasses there. We partnered with some charities over there and we would do stuff like that. So basically I was just video storytelling Everything from, you know, how to style glasses to behind the scenes of the company to HR recruiting videos. And I really loved that because I got to come up with the ideas, shoot them, edit them. Yeah. And basically I had a few positions like that over time at different companies and I always did freelance stuff on the side. And what I quickly realized is that not a lot of small businesses can afford a professional videographer. You know, me, I had thousands of dollars worth of camera gear. And if you want to hire me for a five minute social media video, it could be thousands of dollars because, yeah. you know, half, half a shoot day editing, using all my professional gear, like it, it takes a lot of work. But then I noticed like how important video storytelling was getting for social media and how good iPhones were getting. And that's when I saw the opportunity for Life Flaps. Didn't actually launch as a stop motion app, but you know, I always the mission for Life Flaps is open to kind of democratize video storytelling and make it super easy for people to create really cool videos from their phone without having to, you know, have ten thousand dollars worth of gear or have the knowledge on how to shoot in or sorry, edit in Final Cut Pro iPhone cameras, they're so good now. Like you don't necessarily, I mean, I still got a DSLR and we shoot like a lot of our YouTube content on the, on our DSLR, but in terms of like social media assets, it's, it's so accessible now to do everything from your phone. 
so yeah, we launched Life Flaps three years ago and it's been quite the journey, <laughs> to say the wow. least. Yeah, what an amazing career. I love your background. And that's so cool that you created sort of, you created your own position or morphed, I should say, your position into something more exciting and more geared towards yeah. what you wanted to do and then slowly branched out on your own. That's that's really exciting. Tell me a little bit. You said that it didn't initially launch as a stop motion app. Was it just videography in general then? No, so it's called life flaps because oh, yeah, <laughs> it's the... supposed to be this like <laughs> personal time lapse for your life. So think sure, of yeah. like a woman who's pregnant and she wants to make a time lapse of her bump growing. Traditionally with a time lapse, you need a camera and you need to leave it on the tripod for the whole duration of a time lapse. But mm. what we've built inside life flaps is like technology. Oh yeah, so we have this feature in the app. We call it the ghost feature. And basically it allows you to line up your shots right inside the camera in between different photos. So when you take your one month bump photo, let's say for a pregnant woman, you go back a month later, you can line up the bump exactly so that when you play it back, you know, it's all in the same position and it looks like there was a tripod there. Without the ghost feature, that would be pretty hard to do. You'd probably have to go into Photoshop and align your layers and all that fun stuff. So that's what it originally launched as and also like a a time lapse, a travel time lapse app. So not like a traditional time lapse in the sense of like you see the clouds moving super quick, Mm -hmm. um, but more in the sense of let's say you're traveling around the world and you want a picture of you doing like a handstand in every city. So you could use the ghost feature to make sure like you're the same distance from the camera between each shot. Again, when you play it back, it has that super synchronized look. And the only thing that's really changing is like the cities behind you. Yeah. I've seen some cool videos that you've done with that on your, on your Instagram. I can't remember if it was the life laps or your personal, but you've done some really cool stuff with, with the life laps feature of that. Yeah. Yeah. We still do that. Like you can still shoot those types of videos in the app, but it's definitely pivoted to more of a stop motion app. So we've been just running with that and we love it because it, it is more geared to small businesses and creatives, which is more aligned with my background anyway. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the process of getting life lab started how did that look i imagine it was pretty challenging you said you don't have a techie background so i think when building an app that would terrify me so tell us a little yes. bit about how you overcame those obstacles and and moved past maybe i don't know if you had those fears but i definitely would have how did you move past any fears or or insecurities about not having that tech background yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm a go-getter, so nothing can really stop me, but it is, I could see how it would be very daunting for somebody, like you just wouldn't know where to start, but really just starting to talk to people in the industry and getting insights on, you know, how to do this was step number one for me. I know the founder of the company I was working at when I started the process of getting life laps off the ground he suggested going to Upwork to hire a developer, which is like a freelance website where you can hire developers, marketers, copywriters, et cetera. 
So I just threw a job posting up on there and interviewed a couple different development firms and really jive with this one company out of Russia. And I just went with it. I don't really, this is a blessing and a curse, but I don't really overthink many things. Go off my gut a lot of the times and just run with things. I I fail a lot because of that, but I also learn <laughs> along the way. So I don't really see it too much as a failure. But yeah, basically I, I built out my wireframe. So I personally did this in Photoshop and what the wireframes are, it's just the journey that you take as you open the app. So I built out every screen where each button led to, it's like kind of like a map of what happens when you click on each button and which screen does it take you to? Mm. You could literally draw this out on napkins, a notebook. (laughs) It doesn't, you don't need to do the design or anything for the wireframes. What you're doing is, showcasing all the functionalities that the app will need so that the developers can provide you with a quote. So yeah, that's basically what I did with my dev team and provided it to them. Of course, there's like some holes that some missing things that we had to circle back on and we launched like an MVP. So minimal viable product of life flaps in September of 20. 2017. Yes. <laughs> like what year was that? How many years ago? Does that answer your question yeah. on like how to get started? Yeah, that's incredible. I think I think it's really admirable that you you didn't have that fear and you're able to just push through and and figure out what you need and go for it. And I think that's a lot of what uh starting a business is like. You just have to if if you are someone who does have fear or get, or worry about failure, just push that aside and and it shows. I mean, it seems like the app has been quite a success. I I use it all the time, and I'm, I've seen tons of other people using it. Could you tell us a little bit about the the growth process from after you launched it? Um, I know I saw the other day that you announced you have it available in new languages. Could you tell us sort of the evolution of the app, um, things that have changed along the way? Yeah. So when we launched Life Flaps, it was only available on iOS in that um, because we had to build it in a language that was native to iOS. So we use a, a language called Swift, not to get too technical, but <laughs> so we just launched on iPhone to start very basic version of the app. I would say the first year for me was really hard actually because it wasn't a stop motion app there wasn't really much of a use case for people to come back and use it like Mm. if they were documenting their pregnancy they would do that once and then they're done right or they like use it on a trip and then they're done and it was like trying to kind of market all these use cases and then you know I'd have friends and families go on trips and like they wouldn't use it and I was just like oh that kind of sucks like why wouldn't you like use it and promote it so for me that was like red flag number one that this concept that I launched it as just wasn't going to work so then I started seeing people use it for stop motion videos and then that was really exciting because I'm like oh this is interesting because this is there's nothing really in the market for stop motion creators specific for marketing and content creators with like the education side around it. So when we saw people using it for stop motion, we slowly started to add more features in the app 
for the specific purpose of stop motion. And we basically rebranded everything. So it's the stop motion app and not this like personal time lapse mm. app. And then, yeah, over the years have been just slowly growing. We are now going into, yeah, we had our th- three year anniversary in September and we're bootstrapped. So we don't have any investors or anything. We only grow if we get customers and I invest that back into the company. Up until this summer, I've been like a one woman full-time show running this all (laughs) with a solid team of contractors. Silver lining of COVID is that a lot of people are at home creating content now and they need, you know, scrappy ways to get creative and they don't have huge production budgets or marketing budgets to hire agencies. So that's been, been really fortunate there and we've been able to grow our teams. Now we're a team of five. We're bringing our development over from Russia now into Canada, which is really exciting. It's more of like a collaborative experience now versus just assigning tasks to somebody in a time zone 10 hours ahead of us. But yeah, it's been, we, oh yeah, we launched in different languages. Oh, we also launched on Android in summer of 2018. So slowly chipping away and trying to make it you know, the best that it can be. Obviously, if we had, you know, venture funding in the company, we could do things a lot quicker. But personally, I started this company so that I could have a lot of freedom in my day to day, even though I work a lot. And there isn't much freedom. Um, It's getting to a point where, you know, I have a team in place now and I can step back if I need to, which is, yeah, basically what I've always wanted. So and good timing because you're you're about to have twins, right? Yes. It's very important <laughs> timing. It's it just feels like everything's lining up here after a couple of rough years with getting the business off the ground and getting pregnant was a bit of a struggle for me. So yeah, it's all coming together and it, it kind of feels surreal to be honest. That's awesome. It's gotta feel great uh to to see yeah. that evolution and and how much it's changed and grown. Can you tell us a little more about that experience being a one woman show? How did you manage that? Were you working crazy hours? What did what did your life look at like during that time period? Chaos. I <laughs> I, I like to say I thrive in chaos, but you know, I'm not always working a hundred hour work weeks. I I'm the type where I get really like I get a tunnel vision and I'll I'll work like crazy for a short period of time and then I I burn out. So I I will like a week or two off. Yeah, it was it was hard because if something comes up in my personal life, like and I need to check out for a bit, I paid the consequences of checking out when I get back because there was nobody there to take over that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was hard, but slowly with like contractors giving them things to offload, like customer service is one of the first things that I I got to that I hired a contractor for besides the development team. Uh-huh. And that was just like, oh my God, it's such a relief because we get a high volume of downloads, which means we get a high volume of support tickets reviews in the app stores and like it's really important to stay on top of all those things and respond to them so that your ranking you know is good in the app store yeah but it's like you know between responding to customer service to doing my bookkeeping to 
planning out, you know, what new features need to be done to dealing with designers and developers. And then on top of that, like all the marketing and creating content, like it was a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot. I feel really multi-skilled now, which is great. But marketing and the content creation is like where my passion lies and where I focus my time on company now still so yeah it's nice to have other people take over the stuff that I could not keep on top of that's a crazy amount of work I can't even imagine (laughs) if you had to go back would you do all the same leading up to how it is now oh good question no (laughs) (laughs) I would have hired people sooner for sure and just offloaded more of that work that I couldn't keep on top of. We hired Teresa, who I think you've interacted with on our Instagram. She's our head of marketing now. Um, And she handles all of our social media. And that's, that's been such a, like, I wish I did that a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, Because it's a lot to, you know, stay engaged in the community, creating the content to post it, responding to DMs. We get lots of DMs with like, you know, support questions So it's like my use of time isn't really, like, I don't want to sound, how do I say this properly? (laughs) Like, I still engage in the community and stuff, but for me to be doing that for hours a day versus, you know, creating educational content that will impact our 100,000 users, like my time is better spent there versus the one-on-one stuff in an inbox. So, I mean, I still go on Instagram and I love it. I love connecting with our community there but it can get distracting really easily (laughs) very quickly yeah so we're our shift now is all about providing people with the easiest tricks and hacks to create all this content we're really focusing on our youtube channel this year Mm. and of course like instagram tiktok and all the things (laughs) yeah there's Uh, so much yeah yeah going back a little bit backtracking and were you working your full-time job when this was getting off the ground or did you quit immediately once you had that connection with the development company? So I was still working full-time. I connected with the development firm in April of 2017 and then I threw in the towel at that job. I think around, oh, the end of June, I quit. And I probably would have kept going, to be honest, but I had sort of an, oh, sort of, I had a bad experience with my boss there because my father had passed away earlier that year. And I don't know, she did not treat me very well during that time, which I didn't respect at all. And overall, it was just really bad. So that's why I was just like, okay, screw this. I'm (laughs) I'm quitting. And I, I had a bunch of, I was doing freelance shooting wedding videos Mm. that summer. and I had a bunch lined up so I'm like I don't need this I don't need this full-time job I'm gonna do the weddings that's gonna keep me busy until life lapse launches and I still did like some freelance video work too obviously we weren't making enough that I could sustain my (laughs) income when life lapse launched right away so yeah it launched in September so I had the summer off well not off doing my own thing yeah I don't think I would have quit cold turkey if I didn't have some sort of income lined up because uh, that can get really stressful. Though, on the other hand, it forces you to get 
really creative and (laughs) make your product work. So yeah, I was going to say everything sounds like it moved pretty quickly for you. I mean, obviously not without hard work, (laughs) that's clear, but it seems like things, you had a good idea and you ran with it and it kind of unfolded pretty quickly. Where I see a lot of entrepreneurs fail is one, they just overanalyze everything and they just never get started. Uh (laughs) They're looking at every podcast and every YouTube video and reading all the books and buying all the courses and just basically doing everything to avoid the actual work. That's, I think, hurdle number one. Hurdle number two is as soon as there's a sign of something not working, they they stop. Mm. And it's like, those are all such great learning gems of yeah. what you can change or pivot or, yeah. So that's kind of back to your comment on things moving quick and yeah. <laughs> things moving fast. I... I, like I said, I don't overthink much and I I do fail a lot, but I, I try not to dwell on it too much and I learn from it and keep going. That's an incredible characteristic to have because I'm the opposite. (laughs) I've known since I was 16, I wanted to start a business and I'm almost 32 and I'm just barely at 32 starting my business. So I think it's, it's so important to move past that dreaming stage and into (laughs) the doing stage for sure. Totally. I mean, with, I mean, it's 2021. It's so accessible now to, Go to GoDaddy.com, buy a domain, build mm-hmm. your website on Squarespace, mm-hmm. Shopify, whatever it is that you're launching and like off to the races. It doesn't have to be this huge grand plan that you have everything in place before you can do any of that. Like you can chip away at it an hour at a night. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Gary Vee and just, I don't know, do you listen to him at all? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He talks about like eating dirt a lot and not, <laughs> not glamorizing <laughs> entrepreneurship. So, you know, doing the grind of, you know, working in the evenings, if you have to, to get this off the ground while you're still working full time and just the work. Yeah. Or taking um, jobs that are more flexible, like, like you kind of did over the summer shooting weddings is a yeah. little, gives you more time Maybe you're doing a lot on the weekends, but you have more time during the weeks. I've, I've heard him talk about that before a lot. And I, it's really stood out to me because I think a lot of people are miserable in their day jobs and they just don't, they don't they're not brave enough to quit. But there's other things you can do. Uh, you can deliver food with Grubhub or, you know, oh, there's totally. so many different things you can do to supplement your income while you're getting your business off the ground. And it just takes a little bit of courage to push yourself out the door and do it. Totally. I mean, if you, I feel like people will have that fear of like, Oh, I want to be, you know, if they're making a pretty comfortable living at a desk job, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to feel very comfortable going to like do food delivery. Right. Like back to that whole eating dirt thing, like Gary V. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like you are not above anything, you know, you have to do what, if you really want to take a chance on yourself and build your business, then, you know, you have to take risks and maybe do those jobs that aren't necessarily like jobs you want to do, but it will give you the flexibility to get to that point that you are, you know, running your own show. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, it's like, advice. what's the worst that can happen? You know, mm-hmm. if you take the plunge or you, even if you just run it on evenings while well, you're still getting your working a day job, you're miserable at like, what's the worst that you can lose if you stop watching Netflix for an hour, <laughs> if yeah. you sacrifice that versus not doing it at all. I think a lot of people have the fear of other people judging them or the feel of fear of launching and not getting customers and feeling judged, but you just kind of have to get over at that and expect that that's all going to be there and it's going to be hard, but it's also going to be super fulfilling. And in theory, you can build something that will scale way beyond what you could ever achieve in some desk job or day job, whatever, corporate job, whatever you want to call it, some nine to five. I think it it's yeah it's just about taking that that first step of courage and then consistency it it does get hard to to keep going and pushing especially when that first failure comes along but it's so good to have an attitude like yours where you just let it roll off your back and and keep going i think that's great i mean it takes some practice before you don't <laughs> care at all i have to yeah. say i remember like the first negative review we got i just like think I cried I was just so devastated because I put so much my you know my money and time and blood sweat and tears and all that stuff into this some of them just had the you know just left kind of a mean it wasn't even like a constructive comment it was just mean this is yeah you get over it quickly and now I just laugh at stuff like that and if there's a piece that we can learn from it great if not then you know I, I feel sorry for people that have to project their hate onto other companies or individuals just because I mean because they're unhappy but yeah yeah what I think anyway yeah um I've got friends who have been talking to me for years about starting businesses and I hop on a call with them and I'm sure I overwhelm the crap out of them (laughs) so I'm just like here's all the things you can do you know build a YouTube channel these tutorials mark build your email list and like you know, tons and tons and tons of ideas of what they could be doing, but then they just, they just don't. And I'm like, I don't, like, I don't get it. What's stopping you? I'm just, I'm providing you everything you need to know, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the fear. I guess I'm fearless in that sense. And I, I, I'm lucky that I've discovered that I really enjoy this. So I I do get excited when I have a, a new idea and I, I spend hours working on it into the early morning sometimes when I when I'm in that like idea phase because I've gone through it and I know it'll be okay even if even if you fail yeah and for people who are scared of failure you should know that I went on the Canadian version of Shark Tank and got completely destroyed so (laughs) if if I can overcome that and get cry on national television um (laughs) You guys are, are going to be fine. Oh, wow. Tell us about that experience, if you don't mind. Or is it too painful? <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. I laugh about it now. Um, yeah, I just went on, I think it was like six months after we had launched. So we hadn't really discovered the stop motion market yet. Um, the business, like it had a bit of traction, but it wasn't super well. I, I didn't really have a vision for the company. So basically, like my pitch... I just scrambled and like pitched this kind of new 
uh, direction that the company was going to go into and they just ripped into me and said a lot of mean like personal things actually it wasn't very nice it felt like it was more than just business talk mm. and yeah like obviously nobody offered me a deal <clears throat> and it was really embarrassing and I remember like crying for days after that but between the time that I filmed that at their studio until when it launched I grew the business 3,000 over 3,000 percent so wow. when the episode came out I rented out a pub and I had a viewing party with like 100 people and we all watched it together and laughed <laughs> and I shared a business update on how much we've been able to achieve since they rejected me wow that is such I kind a of just like owned it you know yeah yeah and I mean it you're you put so much hard work into this and and it did work out sometimes it doesn't work out but I think what's really great about your story is you pushed the limits until it succeeded I think you have to go as far as you can go and it'll either succeed or fail but if you quit at the middle point it's just like you could have quit right after that episode and been like oh they're right I can't do it totally and just and I even had people in my circle say like oh what are you gonna do now it's like <laughs> what do you mean like you think I'm gonna let some reality tv show personalities like determine my career path like no (laughs) (laughs) and yeah I agree like you you can figure it out maybe it's not going to be your original idea maybe your customers are going to present different needs than you thought but if you just pivot and give them what what they need and provide them with those solutions Mm -hmm. then like you're going to succeed yeah you just got to be super in tune with like the feedback and what's working, what's not working and not dwelling too much on the things that aren't working. We, you know, we could have ignored the whole stop motion market and been like, you know, we're making this a pregnancy time lapse up. (laughs) And that would have been that and it wouldn't have gone very far, but listening to your customers is just so important. Yeah. So many nuggets of good, good advice in that story, not listening to the naysayers (laughs) and pivoting when you need to. I think we, me as a dreamer, I'm always caught up in how my dreams need to look. And maybe that's part of why it took me so long, but like, oh, it has to be this way or I won't be happy. And you got to figure out what, what to pursue. And right now I feel good about the direction I'm going in. And, and I feel like I did need kind of this to eliminate some of my fears. I've gotten over the the fears and the rejection and all that. And so I think this has brought me out of my shell a little bit and has prepared me to 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 start that business down the road. So Yeah, that's it, awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what resources you would recommend for entrepreneurs who might want to go down this path talked about Upwork and kind of hiring contractors. What are some other resources you might think someone maybe who wants to design an app or go down this road might might look into? So specifically for an app, I would say look up apps that you like or know people in that industry and just have a conversation with them on how they did it. 
it'll be different who you talk to if the company has funding or not. And if that's a route you want to go down personally, we didn't, as I mentioned, we didn't get, we didn't try and do the whole funding thing besides going on that reality show. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, other than that, like a useful YouTube channel slash podcast that I listened to is called at masters and it's by a guy called steve p young and he's built an amazing community of app entrepreneurs he's got a facebook group i think it's just called app entrepreneurs if you look that up there's tons of people engaged there asking questions you can reach out to me if you want my email is hello at lifelapsapp.com i love talking with people about this and helping them get their ideas off the ground But don't get too distracted on, like I said, listening to too many podcasts and (laughs) buying courses and everything. Yeah, it depends if you plan to build this app yourself or are you hiring a designer? Are you finding a co-founder? Like these are all things you'll need to determine. There's tons of no-code app builder sites out there. So what that means is, are you familiar with Squarespace? Yeah. Uh So there's, there's sites like that, but for apps okay so it's like you know app building for non-developers okay if you just google no code app builders you'll see a bunch i know i think bubble.io is a popular one if you don't have the funds to hire your own development team or you don't want to partner with a co-founder who's a developer or you're not a developer yourself that's a good solution join like startup communities in your in your city I know I did that. I did a lot of pitching and networking when I first launched because there's so many things outside of just building an app that you'll need resources and help with from, you know, finding a good lawyer to like taking advantage of all the grants available in whatever state, province, country you live in. There's so much available to startups. And when you're connected in these networks, you can really discover what's available and utilize them and talk to other founders who are maybe ahead of you in their journey or at a similar stage. And just connecting with other founders is really helpful because it it can be a lonely process sometimes. Your network of personal friends might not understand if they're not in that world. I feel like you have to surround yourself with like-minded people to kind of stay motivated. (laughs) Um, Sometimes friends and family just don't get it. And so it's really good to, to find other resources in your community for that, that kind of support for your business. I mean, if you have a large community community of creators that will be listening, one thing I would encourage you to do is try and think about how you can scale yourself So I know for me, you know, I've always wanted to build this large empire (laughs) and I knew like for, you know, my background in video to get to where I want to be. So I live in Vancouver where a rundown house is $1.5 million. So (laughs) I'd like a house one day, but I'm not making millions. So I was like, how do I, how do I do this with video? It's like, you know, unless I'm never going to sleep again. There's really no way to scale me as a person unless I expand the team or I'm just nonstop working. Like you can only shoot and edit so many hours in a day until there's that cap where you just cannot get more clients. Yeah. So 
like I've seen so many creators creating really awesome like digital assets or templates or filters or courses. There's just so much out there that you could be doing for passive income, mm-hmm. which is where I've, I've sort of focused all my attention on now is I don't do any one-on-one work. I like, I don't do any freelance video work or anything anymore. I am all about building stuff that can kind of run on auto- autopilot and like with life flaps, you know, it doesn't matter if we get one download tonight or a million, I'm still going to sleep eight hours a day, <laughs> eight hours a night and get up in the morning and do the same stuff. So thinking about how you could scale is something that I would highly encourage everyone uh, to be doing. For our listeners, you have to get this app. It's the, the ghost feature is amazing. It lets you take pictures you can leave the project and come back to it because of that feature and it really makes stop motion so easy and of course the the life lapse feature of of being able to shoot lapses is is time lapses is so great do you Um, use a a bluetooth remote when you shoot out of curiosity yes i do Uh uh-huh yeah that's the only way (laughs) i I know i don't know how people don't use a bluetooth remote (laughs) it's such a key useful five dollar gadget that will make your life and your muscles and your body be a lot more you'll feel a lot better when you're shooting when you have bluetooth remote yes and then it eliminates that shake and it just makes everything so much better so i guess we could move into we're almost done here but just stop motion in general what advice do you have to people who are learning how to do stop motion get a bluetooth remote (laughs) yes (laughs) Step number one, actually, you could use our interval timer to start if you don't want to make the $5 investment in a remote. So what you can do is just put the timer on so it takes a photo, let's say, every 10 seconds, and you move your objects in between those 10 seconds. If your hand is in there in the shot, you can always delete it after. Personally, I find the interval timer a little stressful, even though I know I can delete it after. (laughs) Just knowing it's going to take a photo and I'm like still mid-animating. But the three tips that I have is one, lighting. So avoid daylight because it's not controlled, meaning if it's sunny and cloudy out and you start shooting and the sun is out, And then five minutes later, it's behind a cloud. When you go play that stop motion back at a high speed, it's going to have flickering light because the lighting wasn't consistent during the entirety of your shoot. So I know daylight is very popular in the (laughs) content (laughs) creation space. It's fresh, it's bright, it's beautiful, it's natural looking. But unfortunately for stop motion, it's it is not your best friend. So you can use, I recommend like shooting away from a window, closing like the curtains if you have them and just using like any household lamp or you can invest in lighting off Amazon. But honestly, like I shot with my kitchen dining room light for the longest time before I even bought lighting and that and I, I'm the founder of a stop motion app. So yeah. if that If I can make that work, then you can make whatever lighting you have in your house work. The second tip is stabilize your phone. So it's important with stop motion that the only thing that's moving is the object you're animating. So you don't want your phone to be moving as you're shooting. Do not hand hold it unless you're making like a cool hyperlapse video. So put your phone on a tripod. If you don't have a tripod, uh, we share a bunch of different hacks in our app that you can use. Like one of them is 
placing your phone inside the mug yeah, <laughs> and just leaving it there the while you, <laughs> when you shoot or like place it against some books. If you want to do a flat lay video style video, put it over the edge of a desk or a table or a chair and shoot down and make sure that you're using a Bluetooth remote or the interval timer when you have your phone in these kind of wacky spots because it'll be very easy to move the phone if you're going back and touching the shutter and it's not you know secured in there with a an iphone mount clip to the tripod and then in terms of like animating move your objects just a tiny bit between each shot it's it's something you learn quickly when you spend you know a few minutes making something and you go to play it back and it, it's gone in the blink of an eye yeah. because you move the object like such a drastic distance between each photo. So it's hard to kind of explain this through audio and not visual, but if you have a glass on the table and you want the glass to slide across the table, you're gonna move it maybe just like a centimeter to one side, take a photo, move it again a centimeter to the same direction, take a photo, and you're just gonna keep doing that until it's on the other side of the video, sorry, of the frame. And that's what's gonna create that very smooth, like video, like real life video effect where it looks like it's moving on its own versus if you just, you know, take one photo and it's on the left side and then it goes to the right, it's gonna look like it's just like jumping kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that process of it sliding across. So yeah, small movements and then make sure the speed is up quite high so that it, it doesn't look like a jolty slideshow. It's another thing I see a lot on Instagram is people keep this this speed setting quite low. And if they just increase it a bit, it'll, it'll look more like a fluid motion versus, yeah, I, I don't know. I always just say a jolty slideshow. How would you describe it? Because I'm sure you've seen it too. Yes, <laughs> I've done it <laughs> myself. Yes. I've made the mistake <laughs> of putting it too slow. Um, yeah, it just looks, it looks less magical. It doesn't look like the object mm. is moving on its own. It looks like you, it really does look like the pictures are, are pieced together and you're just kind of watching a slideshow instead of yes magical movement of an object that's a great way to describe it like it's so obvious that it's a sequence of photos when it's played back slow well those are great tips for getting started with stop motion thank you so much and just for the audience in the app there's so many tutorials and really fun educational things in there you've done such a great job at at helping people just right off the bat, know how to use the app right when you open it. There's great options for learning how to do different cool um, animations. So is there anything else you would like to tell the audience before we grab your information on where they can find Life Laps and all that? No, just go after your dreams and <laughs> fail lots, learn from it. Don't be discouraged. It's going to happen. And download life laps give it a, a try and tag us in your videos so i can see tell and then say that you uh heard heard about it on this podcast so we can credit sandra for this <laughs> <laughs> awesome so we'll put the website and where they can download the app in the show notes it's been such a pleasure great talking to you sarah Thank, Thank you, you for being on. And I know you are so busy. So we really value the time you've spent here today. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a good day. Thank Bye. You.
go grab the Life Laps app. And thanks again, Sarah. What a great episode with Sarah. I loved every minute. Like I said at the beginning, I'm such a fangirl because Life Laps has had such a huge impact in my life. Uh, it led me to my career in stop motion and really brought a sense of creativity back into my life. So I'm so grateful for the app. Here are my biggest takeaways from my interview with Sarah. First, failure opens doors and don't wait, just do the thing. Don't be afraid of that failure, just start. It's so important. I've seen this throughout all the episodes. It's so important to just get started and move past each failure and keep going because you never know where the road is going to lead you. Second, eat dirt. Sarah talked about this saying with Gary Vee, how you may have to do some less exciting jobs while your business gets off the ground, but you have to be willing to do those things that are less glamorous in order to be able to eventually live the more flexible life of an entrepreneur. I also liked her story about Shark Tank. Don't let anyone dictate your career. She could have cried failure after that episode of Shark Tank, but she pressed forward and grew her business exponentially. The same is true of every single one of us. When we push past failure, we find success. If not in what we were originally pursuing, we will find it in something else. Finally, get creative. Download the LifeLapse app and see how it can play into your business. Join us over the next couple of weeks for more exciting stories of women who have run and successfully operated their own businesses.